Spreading Cajun across the nation. Pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review. Made by the fans for the fans. Cajun Nation, happy hump day. Welcome to Region Review. Matt Miguez here. Jerry Abair is my co-host, as he always is. Baseball is in full swing. Softball's in full swing as well. Men's and women's basketball coming down to the wire. Conference tournaments next weekend. Plenty to talk about this morning on a beautiful Wednesday uh, morning after a huge baseball performance. Uh, with a 2 nothing win over Louisiana Tech. Tonight, we host the Purple and Puke from the other side of the basin in a 6... 6.30? I believe it was a 6. 6, six o'clock. 6, okay. Six. A 6 o'clock first pitch from MLT Moorefield at Russo Park. Um, obviously, a hot commodity in terms of tickets due to the COVID-19 um, you know, limitations on seating. So if you have the ticket package with the LSU ticket, I mean, kudos to you. Uh, you, you, you picked a good one. Um, if, if you don't, you know, you got to see a great game against Louisiana tech last night. Tonight you can sit at home like the 80% of us and watch it on TV. Well, wherever you are, you're going to want to turn this, this or, game on. Not not or, only because sorry, Jerry, I don't mean to cut you off. I, no, I, I, no, need, I need to, I need to add on to this or you could be the popular, amazing duty, a bear and have a ticket to both. <laughs> well, we, uh, we got, we got, we got very blessed. Um, we, uh, we were able to get some tickets through, through a friend. And so, uh, yeah, we, we definitely got the, got the hook up there. Very, very lucky, Jerry Eber. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, we, we, we haven't really, we haven't recorded since the baseball season began on Friday. Um, we actually, we recorded Friday morning before, before first pitch, but due to some major tef- technical difficulties, we weren't able to get it up in time. Um, you know, we had a three-game series with Tulane over the weekend in New Orleans. And then last night we hosted Louisiana Tech. Obviously, the Cajuns taking three out of four of those games. And we'll dive deep into each individual game here on this episode. But, you know, off, off the bat, Jerry, three and one after four in-state games. As a, as a fan, you know, what, what is, how do you compare this start to the start of 2019-2020? Well, it's, it's, first of all, it's the best start since, I believe, 2016. Um, and, of course, that year was the last time not only did we go to a regional, but we hosted one. And so I see a lot of similarities uh, between this team and that team with the fight and tenacity that these guys have. Uh, you know, we have a lot of new faces this season, um, some of which look a little bit uh, – 
grungier than others if you will right with the beards and the long hair which i kind of like there's a little bit of swag that follows along with the this, this these guys that we're still trying to kind of familiarize ourselves with as fans but overall the start has been fantastic not only because of the obvious three-on-one record but just the way we're finding just the way we're winning games um just through four games alone three of all three of our wins they've come from both pitching and hitting um you know over the weekend you saw in the two-lane series you know our bats came alive at the most crucial moments you know coach uh, Coach Robe always used to talk about, you know, getting the timely hit. And I can't I can't tell you the number of times Saturday and Sunday our batter stepped up to get that timely hit to go ahead or to, you know, keep up the pace if we were trailing and did just enough to take two out of three on the road against the two-lane team who was ranked in the top 30 in some polls. I believe they were number 29. And, you know, they're, they're a tough team to beat anytime you play them, whether it's on a, on a, for a weekend series, in a regional, or in a midweek game. So uh, I was very pleased by the way the bats came alive. It looked like typical Deg, Matt Degg's ball that we've all been looking forward to. And if you look at the game against Tech, we got seven hits. But also, how about Spencer Arrighetti, man? You know, one hit. One hit in, in what, six? Six and two-thirds, one hit, six and one walk, yeah. nine Ks. That's insane. Against a Tech team that has gotten the best of us with their bats lately. I mean, last year, the first game they beat us 2-1. Next game shut us out 10-0. Now, of course, that was the weekend where we honored Coach Robe. And, of course, our guys weren't probably mentally all there, um, nor were the fans. But then last night, the same tech team couldn't get a hit until the seventh inning. And just two days ago, or three days ago, they hung 18 on Air Force and hung seven on LSU. So that, that's just a testament to both hitting and pitching. Now, I do want to bring up some interesting stats for you from opening weekend that I thought the, the, the fans would like to know, and, and, and they really stand out. Um, so I'm going to show you something real quickly, okay? Or not show you, but I want, I want you to listen real quickly. One of the biggest flaws we've had uh, since 2017 it, it was always the bats getting going early. We've always had trouble really getting the bats going early, usually the first weekend. And most teams go through it, but we've gone through it pretty, pretty heavily compared to others. Just want to give you some stats, all right? So – I'm going to give you some stats of our hits and batting averages as well as extra base hits and home runs. You ready for this, Matt? Yep. Opening weekend in 2017, we played two games. 11 hits total for a batting average of 196. In 2018, we opened up at Texas. Three-game series. 13 hits total for a batting average of 143. 2019, we hosted Texas, and we had 22 hits that weekend for an average of 231. Last year, we had a three-game series between Southeastern and Tech. Seven hits, .049 batting average. This year, against Tulane, 33 hits, 
for an average of 262. And 23 of those 33 hits were from new faces. You know, a, a 263 batting average for the team, it's pretty impressive. In a way, it gets better. So I'm going to go to extra base hits and home runs, okay? In 2017, we had two extra base hits on opening weekend, no home runs. 2018, four extra base hits, no home runs. 2019, seven extra base hits, no home runs. So from 2017 to 2019, there were no home runs in the opening weekend. In 2020, we had, out of those seven hits that weekend in 2020, two extra base hits, one of which was a home run. All right. So that's from 2017 to 2020, a combined uh, stat of one home run total for opening weekends for those four years. 2021 in Tulane, eight extra base hits, three of which were home runs. Yeah, you know, it, this is definitely and and two of those three home runs were by new faces, weren't they? Yeah. They yeah. were. Outside so, of Ben Fitzgerald, yeah. Well, no, Connor Kemple was here last year. So one Right, one of the things, I mean Ben Fitzgerald was was one of the guys uh familiar faces that that hit the home run, but yes. Well, no, Connor Kimple was too. Connor Kimple yeah, was so too. Two, but so one of the three was was Drake Osborne. Drake Osborne. Yeah, Drake Drake Osborne who, by was the, the way, one who hit the one. Is is just played excellent baseball. Drake Drake Osborne on. embodies Drake Osborne embodies that Tony Robichaux, Matt Deggs type player. The the he he he's definitely somebody who likes to drink out the water hose. Yeah, yeah. There there's he is he is a. Raging Cajun baseball player. There, there's no, there's no question about that. You know, Jerry, let's go ahead and dive into, you know, the thick of of these four baseball games. And obviously, you know, we don't want to talk about stats too much. People have already seen that, seen the uh, the stat lines from these games. But Friday, you know, was was the opening game against Tulane in New Orleans, and it started out as a pitcher's duel. I mean, through the first six complete. No runs scored by either team. It was 0-0 going into the seventh. Um, and that's when Connor Kimple broke the score open with his with his solo shot to make it one nothing Louisiana. Tulane was able to answer in the bottom half to tie it at one. Uh no no runs scored in the eighth and ninth. Goes to extras. Louisiana gets a run in the top of the tenth. You know, as a fan, you're sitting there going, All right, two to one, you know, let's get three outs and finish it. Yeah. And well, Tulane does what they do, gets a two-run single and wins the ball game three to two. Well, first of all, I think if there's anything I got out of out of that game, I mean, you definitely had first game jitters. The bats weren't quite up to par. Plus, the weather was freezing cold, so of course that kind of I'm sure that threw off um, the ability a little bit for these guys to really get it going. Um, plus, you know, one of our good friends. Uh, brought up a good point to me the other day. I mean, this was the first time we've competed in almost a full year. Um, so, of course, you got to knock that rust off. And really, there were times where you noticed over the weekend where it showed that we haven't played in a full season or a full year, uh, calendar year, that is, um, outside of, of course, uh, the, the the fall fall ball. But um, that this was a weekend where you can definitely tell some of the guys are trying to get there get their uh, feet moving again. 
I have to tell you, one thing that stuck out to me on Friday was the performance of a freshman pitcher, pride of North Vermilion, Hayden Dirk. Oh, um, yeah. Five innings pitched, gave up one hit, uh, two walk batters, uh, five Ks, five, five Ks. Ks. Um, I mean, that look, a, a freshman doing that against Tulane, there's a reason why he was the number one pitcher out of the state of Louisiana. Uh, and it, it, it showed the other day. I mean, the, the kid's got some swagger. He, he definitely looks like he likes to throw down. And um, he's going to be a huge, huge asset for us moving forward. And, and uh, I'm, you know, even as a freshman, I, I, I'm hoping that he can keep that Friday spot because if he can perform like he did on Friday, uh, it's kind of like how Gunnar Leje used to be. He sets the tone for Friday. You set the tone for the entire weekend. And so I'll, um, I'll, say, I'll there, say this. Grading his performance against Tulane on Friday, I think he's earned the Friday start this weekend. Oh, he solidified it. If you ask me, I say, look, I, let him play Friday. Let him pitch on Friday. Let's see what he can do. He showed it on uh, against Tulane last week, and um, as a freshman, as a freshman, man, a lot of times you're a freshman, you go in there, you struggle. He 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 lit it up, and so uh, very pleased with uh, Hayden. Uh, in spite of the close loss on Friday, I still thought we outplayed them the entire game. Um, you know, and, and really, I don't think they, they were. I don't think there were any earned runs. I think every all of Tulane's runs were unearned based off of just some some bad some just some some weak pitching. Uh, the pitching wasn't as on par uh, as we would have liked, but um, it doesn't change the fact that uh, they came back on Saturday and responded um, and. and and they didn't let that get to them. I mean, you go on the road against a good two-lane team and you lose the first game, a lot of times teams not necessarily fold, but it makes it a lot more difficult to say, okay, we're going to come back and win the series. No, um, I'm, I'm looking at Friday's stats. Uh, all three of two-lane's runs were earned. They were? On, on Friday they were, yeah. Uh, Brandon Talley had one earned run, and Connor Cook had two earned runs. He had the, he had the two in the tenth. Interesting because I always thought I they were. Was, I, mean, I think it was Saturday. Was okay, Saturday? because I thought they were they were no, off. What of Saturday? Walk Saturday was wild, wild pitches. Let's see, because I remember. Yeah, it wasn't Saturday. Um, okay, my mistake. My mistake. But I, I my mistake. I, I remember there was one. There was one game where a lot of their runs went unearned. Well. On Saturday, uh, and hopefully, it's like I said, it's it's that early season jitters. You know, Connor Angel didn't play his best game. No, um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to be. I mean, he threw. There was one pitch he threw it like way behind one of their batters, and I'm like, okay, that that's not normal for him. Now, granted, again, it's a long season, and it's the first game where you definitely get you have to shake it off the shake off the rust a little bit. Um, but it's not something I'm used to seeing him doing. Now, granted, he did calm down a little bit as, as the game went on. Um, and uh, I know Coach Daggs had to pull him out, I believe, in the fifth inning. Um, but I was very pleased with, with – very, very pleased with the bats. That, that, that's, that, that game, it's been a while since I've seen us uh, pull off wins with, real, with consistent and, and multiple timely hits. Very pleased by that. Um, and I thought we did a fantastic job doing just that. I thought that the guys really stepped up, especially in the late innings, to get necessary runs to, 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 to be able to 
pull it off. Um, I know, I want to say, I believe it was in the, the ninth inning. Um, you had guys, I mean, look, think about it. Look at the number, look at, look at, um, look at the runs. Look who, look who's, who hit in these runs. I mean, CJ Willis, Jonathan Brandon, Sam Riola, Carson Rockefort, a bunch of new guys, a bunch of new guys who stepped up when it, when it mattered. Now, granted, there were one or two where there were some, some errors on Tulane's part, but you got a bunch of new guys in here and they're the ones that are, that are getting the hits and getting the timely hits. So I was very pleased by that. And that shows a lot of promise for such a new roster. It goes to show you that uh, some of these guys coming from junior colleges, you've got guys like uh, Drake Osborne coming from Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, you know, was a third team, all Southland conference catcher over there. Uh, that, that speaks volumes for the type of talent we have, especially with a lot of these new faces. And I thought that showed on Saturday the uh, the vet the veteran experience really really helped us uh, get that win and of course oh Brandon Talley coming in in the tenth I believe it was and just shutting shutting uh, Tulane down with with that with that clutch strikeout to end the game uh, was a beautiful thing and we pitched a bunch of guys that day too I think we pitched like seven guys seven. I believe yep yeah um, but granted, it was nice to see some granted. Had he not gotten hurt, I think Chipper Menard would have stayed in there a little longer. Oh, look, Chipper, Chipper Menard was a stud, man. He was wheeling and dealing by the time he was in there. Gave two, up no hits, pitched two innings. Two innings, one um, run, one walk, three Ks. Yeah, he he went to Nish. I believe yes. he went to Nish, right? Yeah. Got a buddy of mine that uh, is a local high school coach, watched Chipper pitch in high school. He's a renegade, man. Another one. He's another one. He's he, he, he's uh, he, he's he's got some throwdown in him, and so uh, he's going to be very useful uh, moving forward. And um, it's nice to see some of these guys step up, some of these pitchers step up the way that they have. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I heard his injury wasn't too bad, so that's good. He should be back like really soon. Um, but it's nice to get a mixture of these these new guys on the mound, and then of course you got guys like Austin Perrin who have been around for a little while, but they're clutch. So um, this pitching staff is pretty deep, man. They're pretty deep. And once they, once they really get it going and settle down, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, you know, De- Deg said preseason that he had 15 guys that he was not scared to put in the game at any time. Well, the good news is, is you've got enough depth. I mean, you got five or six pitchers right now who could start on a weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have that, that and 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 you have enough depth and enough guys on the starting role who can go six or seven innings, including guys like Austin Perrin, who who are more more or less middle relievers. You know, and you got a guy like Brandon Talley who's been able to close, and you got guys like Jacob Schultz who has had weekend or both Austin Perrin and Jacob Schultz that both have weekend starting experience. Then you add in guys like Chipper Menard and Dane Dixon and some new faces in there. Yeah, I, I would say we're we're pretty we're pretty uh, well set up uh, uh, pitching wise, and of course it's going to take a little while for them to settle down and, and sort of get their feet wet. But um, when they start clicking, it's with our bats on top of that. Yeah, this team's going to be fun to watch. I think they're already fun to watch, but uh, I'm I'm pretty fired up right now, man. This this is a lot of this has been a lot of fun through these four games. Hopefully, that it keeps going and it keeps going starting tonight. The Cajuns win Saturday, 
nine to eight over Tulane is their first win of the year. Uh, and then Sunday, you know, they kind of kept the train rolling. Uh, 15 base hits for Louisiana. However, we did give up 20. Um, luckily for, for Louisiana, though, the, the runs, I mean, the hits that they gave up really didn't turn into many runs. Uh, you know, the Cajuns ended up winning that game 9-7 to seven in the 12th. Uh, all three games this weekend went to extra innings. I think they played 32 innings between the, the <laughs> three games. Unreal, man. Yeah, is, unreal. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. But, um, you know, the, the play of this game on Sunday, in my opinion, was probably the Drake Osborne three-run shot in the fourth uh, to make it a 4-2 ball game in the fourth inning. We obviously, you know, close, they, Tulane closed that gap in the eighth, making it 6-6, six to six, and then 7-7 seven to seven in the tenth. But, um, yeah, Drake, like, like we talked about a second ago, Drake Osborne has been just phenomenal from both an offensive and defensive perspective. And, uh, you know, how about Jack Burt getting the win in relief? Uh, you know, I know a lot of people – wanted him pulled at a certain point. But, I mean, five innings pitched. Yeah, he gave up nine hits. Only three runs, though. Struck out two guys. He faced 23 batters. Well, of course, you know, I got my love for Jack Burt, fellow Jesuit Blue Jay, man. I got to yeah, show my love for my yeah, fellow, yeah. fellow Jesuit Blue Jay, baby. No, you know, and here's the thing about Jack. Jack... You know, Coach Dick said it the other day. Jack has been through thick and thin with injuries, and he's had he's had his ups and downs. And he brings a he brings he's 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 a he's a work while you wait type of guy. Uh, you know, he's been around since 2017. He's been a weekend starter. He's been a midweek starter. He's been a middle reliever. He's closed. He's done so many different things that you know. You tell him to go on the mound at any time, he's going to perform. And he's had some bad, some good days and some bad days. And for him to come in, and, and I want to say he's been on the team since 2016. He redshirted in 2016, but that just goes to show you how long he's been around. And, you know, he still plays a part. And, and for him to come in at a crucial time on the road and give up a few hits and give up a few runs to still keep his head down and still grind and still pull off this win and get the win on top of that. I mean, it's just a testament of the way he battles and the battle in him. And I'm very pleased. I, w I would say, in my opinion, um, I know it's hard. It, look, our bats were on fire. But if I had a choice to give to give the player of the game to someone, I'd probably give it to Jack. Just, just because of the way he fought, just because of the way he battled. Um, you know, most pitchers would fold under his – in that, in that type of scenario, and he didn't. And to go on the road, to do what he did, to stay in there. there I think maybe Austin Bradford was in, the, uh, was in the, the bullpen, but he was barely warming up. Coach Deggs pretty much left Jack out there and said, look, man, I'm trusting you. Get it done. And he did. So kudos to Jack Burke. Uh, very happy for him. And uh, just very happy we got that win because, man, Tulane – we take a two-run lead in the eighth or ninth. Tulane would come back and tie it. Then we score. We take a lead, and Tulane would tie it again. And then it just kept going back and forth. And but that's for not, our guys, that's how it always say, is when we play Tulane. 
Yeah, but you know what, though? The past few years, the past three or four years in a game like that, we probably lose. Yeah, no, I, I we probably I lose. I mean, I the, you look at the the the, the 2019 season. You look at some games in 2017 and 2018. Those are games we couldn't we couldn't hold on to. We've lost a few games like that where we would lead until about the eighth inning. And whether our whether it was our bullpen, whether it was our lack of getting the timely hit, we would lose a few games at the last minute. And and I don't so far I haven't seen that um, outside of Friday, of course. But, you know, these guys, they, they don't quit. They don't, they don't falter. And um, I, I love – you were talking about Drake Osborne. Now, let's talk a little bit about that replay blunder on Sunday. Um, oh, you, of course, you, you, mean, you mean when Matt Deggs and head coach for Tulane, Travis Jewett, almost got in a fist fight? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was actually, I want to say it might've been Matt Deggs in the entire Tulane dugout. But my, my dad, Dick. You see Sunday I was at work. I, 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 you know, I listened to most of the game on the radio, watched bits and pieces of it, whatever. My dad texted me at that point and he said, holy crap, is Deggs going to go into the Tulane dugout? Mm-hmm. And I was, I um, mean, he, he, he was fired up and I mean, rightfully so. Well, another thing, too, I couldn't help but laugh because if you notice when that Tulane batter, so basically for people who didn't watch or people didn't see it, most fans know what we're talking about. Um, You know, we were, I believe Jack was in there. I want to say Jack was was in there. That was, was it the eighth? Was that the eighth inning? I believe eighth or ninth. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think that was the eighth inning and Jack threw a pitch to one of Tulane's batters. And he leaned into the pitch to where, because Drake, if you notice when he was catching, he didn't move his glove left or right. The ball was sailing away from the batter. It was a lefty. And the glove went up. It was a little bit of a higher pitch. And then all of a sudden, it hits the two-lane batter in the arm. And the thing was, it was two outs. And the umpire said it was a hit-by-pitch, take your face. Well, Drake Osborne gets up right on the money, takes off his, his helmet, and tells and, and is literally pointing to the replay and the umpire going, hey, no, 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 no. He moved in. He leaned in. He leaned in. And so the umpire gets, you know, so I think Coach Deggs comes out, tells the umpires to review it. The umpires review it. Well, then they go, they're about to go review it. Well, then they go tell Coach Jewett, we're going to review that. And technically, you're not, you don't, you know, I think Jay and, and, and Brad Topham were talking about it on the radio because I had it yeah, think. In, in, in what world do the, do the umpires ask for freaking permission? Well, you don't, but, but that's the thing. If, if, if one of the teams challenge, you don't go to the other dugout and tell them, hey, we're going to challenge it. You go to the replay. So they go to the replay. That takes about five minutes. It seemed like that took an eternity. So in my mind, and I'm sure in a lot of fans, Cajun fans' mind, we're thinking, oh, they're just gonna they're gonna keep him on first base. Somehow we're gonna get shafted and they're gonna keep him on first base. Well, he comes back out, takes off his headphones, and he calls the guy out. Well, after he calls the guy out, now we're we're ten minutes into the review, okay? After he calls the guy out, they go back to the two lane dugout to Coach Jewett, explain to him what happened, and there's Coach there's there's Matt Deggs in the background, like you can hear him on TV. <laughs> You can, you can hear him screaming like, hey, come on, man. He had some choice words. He was like, come on, let's get the game going. This is ridiculous. 
And so that, look, I don't, I'm not a big fan of blaming officiating or, oh, the refs did. Outside of that Saints game two years ago, right, the no call, I don't really like to blame referees and umpires and stuff like that. But this umpire, this umpiring crew this weekend, man, they were so dysfunctional. They were all over the place between the replays and the certain calls. And, and really, you know, we were talking about Coach Deggs and, the, and, and, and even Jake Wells got in on that art, the, 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 the trash talking to the two-lane dugout. To me, the umpire set the tone for that. When they're, when they're so dysfunctional and they can't make decisions and they're going back and forth to the coach and they're telling this guy that and that guy that instead of being consistent and calling the game, that sets the tempo for inconsistency amongst everyone. And I think that incompetence right there sort of set the tone for the whole drawing back and forth. I put that on the umpires. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was, that was just blatant. I don't want to use the word stupidity, but, I mean, that's basically what it was. Like, 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 I, like I said at the beginning, you don't – so Deggs comes out and calls for the replay. You don't go to the home team's head coach and go, "Hey, are you okay with this? <laughs> are, 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 yeah, are you exactly. are you are you sure you want to let them do this? You know, because all the fat money that you put in my pocket. Well, you don't have to go tell them. You don't have to go well, tell right. them. Hey, no, just go doing. just go freaking review it. Well, and also. Usually what happens is if you review something, it's the coach that comes to you and says, Hey, what happened? Why did you call then, it the way you did? And then, you know, I, I love, I love how, so after the review, they call the batter out, right? The umpires are talking to Jewett and the, the conversation is taking way longer than it needs to. And you see Matt Deggs storm out of the dugout. Hey, what the hell are we doing? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying. It got so incompetent that he got to that point where, you know, he's even screaming at him going, let's go. This is ridiculous, he was like, man. like, let's play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, but so you, that, you know, where. like, like, like the, um, the, the commentators on ESPN Plus put it perfectly, as much as I hated those guys, uh, they, they put that scenario perfectly. Jewett was doing that on purpose. He wanted right. Burke's arm to get tired. Right. Exactly. He wanted Burke to well, get tight. Well, it failed, so it didn't. It didn't work, um, yeah. and I'm glad it didn't work. But Cajun, Cajun yeah, I don't end up winning that ball game, uh, nine to seven, uh, two and one on the year at that point. Um, and now you know the Cajuns come back home to the friendly confines of Russo Park, and uh, man, last night was fun. I love beating Louisiana <laughs> Tech. You know, anything. I love beating. Yeah, I love beating man. Tech is having a uh, they're not having the be- they're not sending their best against us. Uh, losing to us in basketball, blowing up what sixteen point lead in December at the Cajun Dome, losing to us in baseball, and then on top of that, let's add let's put the cherry on top. Their softball team lost to ULM yesterday as well. So uh, well. in one day, in one day, you both lost to the Louisiana Raging Cages and ULM. So. Man, not not many happy, not 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 too many happy bulldog fans down in Ruston right now. No, absolutely not. And you know, Jerry. Oh no, no, no. But I don't mean to cut you off. But we got to add on too. 
apparently we have we took one of their assistant coaches on their foot their their juggernaut football team. Right. Uh, but you know we're loved, we're, we're inferior. Being, he loved being the coach. He loved being a coach there so much that he uh, he jetted Rustin to come down to uh, come on Billy Napier's staff. Oh, and then by the way, the head co- the coach that they replaced him with. Guess where he came from? Didn't he come from here? ULM. ULM. Okay. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. You know, and, oh, and, and you know all all of this all of this you know winning that we've been doing over Louisiana Tech. Brings me back to a certain video from, ah. from back in May. Um, I want. Well, what what does that video say, or what does what what does it look like? Well, what does it show? Well, you know, take a listen. Oh, okay, good. Let me just be very frank and very direct. There is no conversation at Conference USA, nor is there any interest. And uh, I think that's a, I don't know how direct I can be uh, with that. I think if I were in Lafayette's position, I'd be trying to figure out a way to move up to a level like uh, Conference USA. Uh, and so, you know, congratulations on that conversation. But I- <laughs> What an idiot. All right, so, so I want to break down. I want to break down what has happened, what events have transpired since that video last May. Okay, let's just let's just break it down on how much good luck followed Tech after that video. So let's break it down. So he talks about moving up to Conference USA. Well, let's see. Let's compare Sun Belt to Conference USA right now. Well, first of all, in football, talking about moving up to Conference USA, uh, Conference USA's um, conference champion lost. Louisiana this year. Uh, on top of that, uh, Conference and, USA and didn't didn't with, Tech get uh, what what what's the word um, mobbed by Georgia Southern? Yes. So 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 add on to that. So then you've got you've got so let's say okay. So Conference USA's conference champion lost to Louisiana at home, which by the way they had like what a twenty something game win streak at home yep. that came to an end to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Thank you very much. Then you had, they're moving up to Conference USA. Meanwhile, Conference USA finished the season with zero, zero ranked teams and zero bowl wins. They went 0 for 6, I believe. Then you had, while the Sun Belt had two ranked teams and had, I believe, a 3-1 and or 4-1 bowl record including, uh, of course, Louisiana Raging Cages beating a Conference USA team in their bowl game. Who that same Conference USA team, UTSA, beat Louisiana Tech this year. Then you've got Louisiana Tech who finished the season 5-5, five and five, ending the season with a 38-3 loss in the New Orleans Bowl to none other than Sunbelt School, Georgia Southern. Add on to the fact that, like I said earlier, Louisiana Tech Lost to UL in basketball after having a 16-point halftime lead. Wait, wait. And then last night, you, you, then you, last you, night, you, missed, you missed a detail in between the football season and the basketball game. Oh. Oh, yes, yes, their, yes, their, yes. Their, their, their athletic director left to be an SEC janitor. Yeah, so, so yeah, the same guy in that video basically took a demoted position. Now, granted, he's probably getting paid more, okay? He 100% is. Took a demo, but he took a demoted position from athletic director to basically being some guy on the totem, a lower in the totem pole. He left an athletic director's position 
to take a lower job at Vanderbilt. So he's not, he's not even there anymore. He's not, this guy isn't even there anymore because he left to take a lower position. So, you know, I, I, I um, you know, with everything that's happened, oh, and then, of course, we can't forget about last night's game, which we'll talk about in a second. And on to the fact, like I just said, that they lost to uh, Louisiana Tech, lost to ULM in softball last night. So, and and you, you know, know I'm, not, I'm 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 totally joking in the fact that he took the SEC janitor position. That's not at all, you know, what his what his no, position look, is at Vanderbilt. But, but I mean, I, uh, in, in the grand scheme, you went from being the guy to a guy. Look, he's. I'm gonna say this. He is. I've heard, I've known people that have known him. He seems like a good guy. He seems like a nice guy. But sometimes when you say outlandish things like he said and, and sort of unintentionally take a shot at another school, but you can't, but then you can't back up your words with the performances of your teams. Again, you took a shot at the conference. You took a shot at our school. And yet, we're the ones who finished the season ranked nationally, number 15 in the country. We won a share of the conference title in our bowl game. And we finished as the top rated team in the state. And then on top of that, pretty much any matchup that we've had against Louisiana Tech since then and anything we've won. So there's certain things you just don't say. Or if you do say it, make sure you got stuff to back it up with, right? Um, so I know we always joke about that video and it's hilarious because it's not just the Cajun fans that respond to it. You know, the app state fans love it. The Georgia Southern fans love it. It's like that, that video unites like the entire Sunbelt, uh, all of the Sunbelt fans. And it's pretty hilarious to watch. Of course we had to post it last night after the two nothing shutout, which I'm sure we will talk about now. So, but I thought that was a good touch, Matt. Nice touch. Yeah, you know, let, let's get into that two nothing shutout of um, the Cajuns defeating Louisiana Tech. Uh, man, you know, I, I had heard a bunch of good things about Spencer Arigetti. Yeah, but G again, you know, I'll I'll pull up the the full stat line: six and two thirds, one hit, one walk, nine Ks. He faced 23 batters and threw 89 pitches. I, uh, I mean, I for, honestly, for your, for your first game in vermilion and white, oh, that that's insane. Well, you did it against the team that has a reputation for being able to hit. And you did it against the team that just hung 18 runs on the same Air Force team who beat LSU the other Absolutely. day. Absolutely. They're they're one of the they're one of the better offensive programs in the country year in and year out. I mean they hung even though they lost to LSU the other they day as well, they hung them. seven they hung seven on them. I mean you hang you got a combined you combined twenty five runs against both Air Force and LSU and yet against Spencer Arigetti, you don't get a hit until the seventh inning. I mean that's just that's a testament to, to Spencer. And uh man keep bringing it up, the swagger, sort of the grit, the throwdown. I think that outside of his performance last night, outside of the nine strikeouts, outside of him giving up one hit, 
I think what stood out to me the most about him, and pretty much what sums it up about his throwdown, was when Dags took him out. We just got that. We just turned to. Uh, I think we we're facing a lefty following him, so so he decided to. Dags decided to take out Spencer and put in Austin Perrin and get that last out of the inning. And I just remember, like the entire stadium, for seven or eight hundred people stood up and gave him a standing ovation. And there's Spencer Arigetti, like he's like nodding his head, looking at the crowd, all fired up. He, he just made, lets out this loud yell as he's walking back into the dugout. And I'm just looking, I'm just like, you know what? That, that type of throwdown, that type of attitude, is, 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 that's Cajun's baseball right there, man. That grit, that sort of uh, hardcore blue-collar feel, like that adrenaline. Like I'm like, man, that Cajun baseball that we've been waiting for for a while, I think it's back. And that showed it last night. So, Man, what a performance by Spencer Arrogetti. I mean, one hit, man, through seven. I, I, that, that's just and, – and it's his first time back. And, and really, this is a guy who, when he was at TCU – now, yeah, he's a transfer from TCU. He didn't really – he felt that he didn't – he even said he didn't really fit in there. Like, he just didn't feel comfortable there. And I think he sort of came in here – with the with, with the attitude and the and the fight and just that grit, it showed. I mean, it came out fully last night. And I'm telling you, man, if if this is something that is consistent with him, I think by the end of the season he might be in the weekend rotation if he keeps well, doing what he's doing. You know, if I'm if I'm Coach Deggs, you know, you have four, you have a four game series against TCU coming up. You, yeah, I, I think you got to start in one of those games. Well, if it's a, a four-game series, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, why not? I'd start on the Thursday night. I would definitely put them in somewhere because I, I, I would consider <laughs> I would consider that Thursday game another a, a weeknight game, right? And then you yeah. you stick to your regular Friday, Saturday, Sunday rotation. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd throw them out there Thursday night. I would definitely consider something of. Especially if he keeps pitching the way he did last night. Now, of course, it it was his first. It was his first game. So, right, you hope that thing, man. A trend. Look, look at look at and and obviously, you know, there are, you know, anomalies and whatnot. But look at look at baseball as a whole. Pitching usually gets better as the season goes on. Oh yeah, or even, oh, no, no, or even, no even so much, even so much as you age, right? You know, your your arm strength might might not might take a decrease as you age, but you know, you see guys like Roger Clemens, like late in his career, you know, the speed wasn't there, but he had so much control of the ball. You know, sure. the 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 fact that Spencer pitched six and a two thirds with nine Ks in his first game. You would have to think that it only gets better. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, if, if that's a preview of, of, of what we saw last night, is a preview of what we can expect from him. There's no question he's going to be a huge factor in this rotation to the point where I think if one of the three, whether it's Robinson, whether it's Angel, or whether it's Bur- or Dirk, um, have any type of struggles. You got a guy like Spencer Aragetti that's waiting in the in the in the background to come in and, and fill that void if 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 need be. 
and it's good. It's, it's good to have, and that's the beauty of the depth that this pitching crew has. Um, sort of like insurance, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, last night, what we saw last night against a team like Tech who can hit the ball is any indication of what we can expect from him? Absolutely. I, if that's the case, I think he might be a weekend starter come, come later in the year. Yeah, yeah, no, no question about it. Um, so the Cajuns are now three and one on the year. Obviously, we play, we host Louisiana State University of Agriculture and Mechanics tonight. Um, six o'clock first pitch at Russo Park. We'll we'll preview that a little bit, and we'll talk men's basketball big win over UTA on Monday night. We will do all of that and a little bit more. After this commercial break, right here on Region Review. Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the official fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337-851-RCAF. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax-deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns! Schilling Distributing Company, Acadiana's top alcohol distributor for over 70 years, has been a proud supporter of Louisiana athletics for many of those years. Now, they've kindly decided to become the exclusive distributing sponsor of the Rage and Review podcast. This is just another chapter in Schilling Distributing's rich history of giving back to the Lafayette community. Starting as an Anheuser-Busch exclusive distributor, they're now expanded to include local brews for your sipping pleasure. Schilling services over 1,500 local businesses throughout the Acadiana area, employing 160 Rajan Cajun residents, and they boast over 1,400 years of combined experience. Corporately headquartered right here in Lafayette at 2901 Moss Street, Schilling Distributing encourages Cajun Nation to enjoy their beverages responsibly and reminds you to download the Liquid Finder app today. Award Master, located at 3219 Johnston Street, is the only award shop licensed by Louisiana Athletics. In business in Lafayette for over 45 years, Award Master creates one-of-a-kind trophies, medals, and awards using a wide variety of materials, including resin, glass, wood, acrylic, and more. Owners Adam and Sarah Lopez are proud UL alumni, as well as Cajun Cooking Club members. Adam and Sarah can also help with your business promotional items. Rage and Review you trust award masters for all of their needs and you will too award masters is so much more than just an award shop give award masters a call today 337-984-1414 or go to awardmaster.com award master the recognition and personalization experts 
Acadiana business owners, are you looking for custom solutions from local professionals that understand your business needs? Maybe you're looking to streamline your processes, become more efficient, and achieve elevated peace of mind? Utilizing and combined 30 years of experience in the financial and technology fields, the Vaulted Security Team is ready to assist you with reaching your goals. From credit card processing, internet and phone services, website hosting and design, to hosted cloud, even digital marketing and recovery software, Vaulted Security can do it all. Here's a message from Solutions Specialist, Anna Bourgeois. Hi, I'm Anna Bourgeois, your Solutions Specialist, and it's my goal to understand how we can make your business run more efficiently while increasing profits. I'm very passionate about doing business genuinely. In the merchant services industry and other business areas, it's hard to find a partner that you can trust without question. I'm here to change that perception. Give me a chance to show you what true partnership is all about. Contact Anna today at 337-210-4272 or email Anna at Vaulted Security. PSC Supply and Hardware, locally owned since 1987, is the official hardware store of the Rage and Review podcast. PSC is Louisiana's oldest dealer of Traeger grills and one of two platinum dealers in the state. PSC is your barbecue headquarters, carrying PK and Weber grills, Blackstone products, and the largest selection of barbecue seasonings in South Louisiana. Do you need propane? On sale every Saturday. What about pellets for your electric smokers? That's on sale every Saturday, too. Come see what Willie and the gang out at PSC Supply and Hardware, 1014 Albertson Parkway in Broussard, or call 337-837-2811. Check out their website, pscsupply.com. Welcome back to Region Review. Matt Miguez, Jerry Bear, and you. The Ragin Review crew. I don't know. We're working on something for you guys. Uh, the 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 title of of the fan base. But you know, we we spent some we spent a good bit of time talking about the four baseball games that that Louisiana has played so far to open up the year. Uh, now let's dive into the five softball games that our top ten nationally ranked softball program has played. Um, spoiler alert, they've won all five. Hey-o. Um, and most of, them, most of them in rather dramatic fashion. Um, you know, we'll, we'll start with the first one that was Jacksonville state, uh, going into this game, Jacksonville state had already played two games. This was game number three for them. Uh, Louisiana, this was their season opener. One run in the first one run in the second, you had two runs in the sixth and four in the seventh. To win this game eight to two. Um Taylor Roman hitting a two run homer in the seventh. Um, you know, th- this team is top to bottom, you know, filled with offensive talent, filled with girls that can really just attack the softball. And that that was exactly what they did, you know, in this game. And but you know what was refreshing to see was somebody other than Summer Ellison stepping up and contributing in the circle. We've been saying that for a while now. Um, you know, we, this isn't, this isn't your typical, um, this isn't your typical UL staff or UL roster, especially for softball that, you know, they just want to, they just want to make it to Oklahoma city, right? They, uh, Coach Jerry Glasgow wants to win it all. These girls want to win the national championship. And, 
in order to win a national championship in softball, you can't depend on just Summer Ellison or just one pitcher to carry you through. You just can't do it. Um, you know, if you look at teams like Oklahoma, you look at teams like Alabama, you look at teams like Florida, they've got three pitchers or four pitchers who could pitch in the circle at any time. And they're all equally talented. There's nobody better than the other and nobody that stands out or separates themselves for the, from the other. They're all about the same. They're all really good. And I think that's sort of the same thing with, with Louisiana's roster, especially their pitching staff. You know, summer is summer. We know that. Summer isn't. She's, she's amazing. But you can't depend just on Summer Ellison to, to help you win. Um, she can't do it all by herself. Uh, she needs she needs depth. She needs help. Um, you know, uh, as good as she is, it's nice to have two or three other pitchers who can come in at any time. And if maybe Summer's having an off day or Summer's just her arms getting tired, it's good to see that you got people behind her like Kendra Lamb or Casey Dixon that can come in and and, and, and fill that fill that void because that's one thing again. That's one thing this, this staff has lacked in a long time is is, is solid, you know, depth to the pitching to the pitching staff. Yeah, you know, and and I think what we're gonna do, Jerry, is I think we're gonna start calling Summer Ellison by her married name, which is Summer Summers. Hey, I like that. All right, it's a good guy. It's a good touch. I like it. Good touch. Uh, sounds sounds awesome. And congratulations to Summer as well on that on her marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Welcome to the married life, Summer. Yeah, you know. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh, you're 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 next, man. You're, yeah, you're, you're you next know, to- I'm I'm not far behind. Um, I'm not, I'm not envious or anything. Um, so, you know, obviously, like we said, Cajuns win against Jacksonville state by the final score of eight to two, uh, later that day, the Cajuns played UAB again, Cajun's second game of the year. This is UAB's sixth. Uh, you know, a lot of the Cajuns opening games got canceled due to the winter weather that we experienced here in Lafayette. Um, as well as in Texas, but you know this game. This game was interesting because you know the Cajuns are known for their high-powered offense. Only two hits. Granted, two hits was all they needed because you had Summer Ellison in the circle. Um, <laughs> right. ended, up, ended up being one nothing in that ball game. Summer threw a one hundred and two pitch complete ball game, striking out seven uh, with only one walk, three hits. Um, yeah, you're, you're gonna run into you're gonna run into games like that every now and then, but that's where you depend on your pitching. And of course, summer being summer, uh, only gives up three hits. You know, seven strikeouts. She's she's a machine she's doing her thing. And you know, the bats are gonna be cold. It's early in the year. It happens. Um, I know. I was a few fans were kind of panicking after that game. Like, oh my gosh, we're not hitting the ball. Well, you're not gonna score twenty runs every game, right? You know, it's like baseball last night, right? I mean, yeah, we got hits. We only scored two runs. But you know what? In, in, in diamond sports, sometimes wins are going to be pretty gritty. You're going to be get grittier wins where you're not. it's not going to look as pretty. As long as you, at the end of the day, in any sport, as long as you have more points and more runs than the other team, and whether it's football, basketball, baseball, softball, whatever, it doesn't matter. And I think this is one of those games where hitting was a little off, two hits, but summer was summer. Right. That's really all you can say. Yeah. <laughs> it carries us to the win. Yeah, no, no question about it. Cajuns improved to 2-0 and early on in the year. Sunday, they played again in Birmingham at the UAB Blazer Classic. They played Southeastern Louisiana, um, and this one wasn't pretty. 
nine to one final score. Kendra Lamb again getting the win in the circle. She improves to two and zero on the early year. Uh, the Cajuns ended up run ruling Southeastern. They never even saw the seventh inning. If I yeah, if I'm if I'm correct, yeah, they called it in the sixth. Um, yeah, I, I was very pleased. Score. I was very pleased with Kendra that game. Of course, it's nice again. It's nice to see another pitcher in the circle that adds depth to the pitching core. Um, you know, summer kind of summer can take a little bit of a break. She 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 definitely earned it after the first couple of games. Um, but you know, the bats came alive that day. You know, there were multiple hits. I mean, there were what ten hits, and uh, it looks like almost everybody, just about everyone, got a hit in the lineup. Almost outside of uh, Julie Rawls. No, not Julie Rawls. I'm sorry. Uh, Justice Mills went over two, and and uh, that was and Bailey Curry went over two, but that was really it. Um, the the rest of the the rest of the lineup uh, got on base, so or got a hit. So it was very pleasing to see that. Um, and you know, right now, I know it's, I'm, we haven't gone over every game yet, but right now, so far, um, Louisiana, in spite of that two hit game against UAB, the batting average on the team as a whole is three fifty six right now. Yeah, that's so. Crazy. That's good. I mean, that, that, that's Jerry Glasgow hitting right there. So that I'll, I'll take it. Um, but great game against Southeastern. They pretty much It pretty much looked like a typical in-state Louisiana softball game. Outside, of course, when you play LSU, it's a little different. But <laughs> anytime we play other teams, it's, you know, uh, most of the time the, the girls tend to take care of business, and they did that against Southeastern. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Cajuns improved to 3-0 and on the year. Like I said, Kendra Lamb, 2-0 and in the circle. Uh, later on Sunday, Cajuns played UAB once again. Very different outcome this time. Same pitchers as the first game, Summer Ellison against Amy Woodham. Uh, the Cajuns ended up winning 8-2 to two in this game. Summer improves to 2-0 and on the year. Amy Woodham, UAB's ace, falls to 0-3 on the year. Uh, Vanessa Foreman, she's a, she's a new face to the program. I remember speaking with Justin McLeod, Justin's world of softball. He was very, he was very high on this girl. Um, he was very high on her. Thought that she would be a great contributor early on to the, to the pitching rotation. And uh, she came in at the end, shut the door, got the save. Summer went five and two thirds, four hits, one earned run, six Ks. Uh, to get the win at two and zero on the year, the Cajuns improved to four and zero. And then yesterday. They had a late addition to the schedule. They hosted four and O Eastern Illinois at Lampson Park. Uh, interesting thing about this game: Jerry Glasgow's daughter Tracy is the head coach at Eastern Illinois. That was a very cool fun fact for you, right there. So it was uh, a, it was a father daughter matchup yesterday. Um, the Glasgow Classic. Yeah, and. Uh, Sorry, Tracy, but Daddy had to show you how it was done. Um, hey, you know what? She, she's kind of like a, uh, you know, it, it's almost like young grasshopper, right? She's, right. Uh, but hey, let me, let me show you the ways, young Padawan. Give, give her, give her credit, man. Her team came in with a four, four no record. She's off to a decent start. Obviously, not quite, which I'm sure not what Eastern Illinois wanted yesterday, but overall, um, well, you know, no, she's actually. Well, let's let's be honest. I mean, I, I don't want to downplay Eastern Illinois, but it is Eastern Illinois. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, you you yeah. walk in, you walk into one of the toughest environments in all of college softball, playing against the number seven team in the country. I mean, did you expect less? 
Right, right. I mean, and, it's um, just one of know, those things. Sure. No, absolutely. And uh, it looks like, I mean, once again, you know, just about every everybody in the lineup almost got a hit, except for except for one. Uh, how about of, how about Sierra Bryan? Oh, are we talking? Are we talking uh, how she went uh, two for three With and two uh, homers? And the way she fielded, yeah, and the way she fielded as well. Right. Yeah. Defensive. Yeah. Defensive juggernaut early on. Yeah. For for Jerry Glasgow. Outstanding. Outstanding. Let's see what's um, her what's her season? Let's see. In nineteen at bat, she has ten hits. Her batting average is sitting at five twenty six. So far on the year, she has two stolen bases, two home runs, a double, six RBIs. She's only struck out one time. Love it. Love and then, it. And then her fielding percentages. You ready for this? She has a 1.000 fielding percentage. Beautiful. A perfect Beautiful. percentage. Beautiful. Yeah, yesterday as a whole was just one of those games where you know, the game was over within 90 minutes and the Cajuns just took care of business and uh, it's a nice little stretch, but doesn't get much easier moving forward. Um, you know, they got a tough, tough, tough little weekend classic series. Um, and uh, so they're going to have to pick up the pace a little bit, but off to a great start, 5-0, oh. and oh, seventh, seventh in the nation. I mean, and and, and you're ready, you ready for this? Well, while we're talking about Sierra Bryan, her slugging percentage. Eight ninety five. Yeah, unbelievable. That's, that's unbelievable. insane. You know, a lot of people, especially you know, I, I talked with Justin McLeod. Uh, you know, Alyssa Dalton was named the preseason Sunbelt Player of the Year. He said, "I don't disagree with that." He said, "But I will say this: Don't be surprised if Sierra Bryan wins it." No question. No question. Um, no, that that's that's awesome. Well, they have a. Uh, you know they got they have a game against McNeese uh, this afternoon at 6 p.m. at La- uh, Lamson Park. Then after that, time to hit the grind. Yeah, absolutely. Big tough weekend in Baton Rouge. Uh, one one game actually going to be at Lamson Park uh, tomorrow against LSU before they travel to Baton Rouge on Friday for six games in the Tiger Classic. Um, definitely going to be a interesting competition there jerry let's transition now from the diamond to the hardwood uh you know set monday was senior day for bob marlin and his men's basketball program i was a makeup game from the weekend before with the winter weather between the cajuns and the mavericks of ut arlington like i said it was senior day uh the cajuns had two seniors cedric russell and duke and you know i'm looking at the stat sheet both guys contributed 36 minutes um, and both had outstanding games. I mean, Cedric Russell with 26, he was five of seven from the three point line. Uh, Duguay was with 18.7 rebounds. He was eight of 18 from the field. All in all, you know, and, and both of them took good care of the basketball, only one turnover between the two. It, it was it was a good performance out of the two seniors, uh, you know, a couple of contributions elsewhere. Isaiah Richards with nine, Theo Akuba with eight, Malik Wilson with eight. It, it was enough to get the job done, and uh, the Cajuns come away with 
with the 76-74 victory over the Mavericks of UT Arlington. And now, you know, they're kind of in the driver's seat of their destiny. You know, they're sitting they're sitting second in the West, but th- I, I want to say they're third in the conference um, with a weekend series with Little Rock coming up. And from what I'm understanding, with the way things are working out, if so their their biggest battle right now is Arkansas State. That's that's their closest team competition wise. From what I understand is if they win as many games this weekend as Arkansas State does, UL has a bye in the first round of the Sunbelt Conference tournament next week. Yeah, I, I mean at that point I'm 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 I think this is where this is where it's time to to get it going and, and really to me now that this is the last weekend series and now you're trying to fight for a certain seed in the Sunbelt tournament, to me it feels like the tournament started already. I mean this is March Madness has begun. Uh this it begins this weekend to me, even though it's the the, the late you know, it's in the regular well, yeah, season. Yeah, but I mean March March starts Monday. So I mean well, yeah, I, but but I consider March Madness for us to start on on uh, on, on on February twenty sixth, which which is which is Friday, because um, you know it's all about now. It's all about getting seated in the tournament, trying to get that buy. Um, you know, great effort by this team the other night. I watched pretty much the entire game, um, and you know there were some points of the game. I'm just here we go again, right? You know, there was one one part of the game where we turned the ball over four straight times on careless passing. Missed some easy layups, missed some easy shots. Shot choices were a little bit poor early on. But one thing I noticed, and and one, and I look back, and I'm, you go back to the question of where was this before? One thing that the offense did in the second half was, was that they slowed the tempo just a little bit and let the guys get settled. Um, you know, when that Monroe loss a few uh, last week or so, or two weeks ago, I noticed when we would get offensive possession, we we get very sugar happy on shooting. And, you know, we'd go on a fast break and then you'd see something like Malik, you know, uh, or, or Cedric take a three instead of getting their feet set. And then all of a sudden they miss and they get a turnover, right? They didn't do that the other night, especially in the second half. They slowed the game down a little bit. They let the offense start moving and more of a half-court style. And they kind of played they, – they went back to the, to the basics and went to back to their game. And, uh, you know, one thing they did was they utilized Duguay in the middle I thought Duguay had a really good game. Missed a few shots that could have gone in, you know, but still just having him set up in the paint and being able to attempt some of those shots helped tremendously, especially if he missed a few shots. He forced a bunch of fouls, put some of the guys um, in foul trouble with UTA. And I find that uh, that they really kind of went back to what they're known to do, and that's sort of they were able to utilize what their strengths were. And I noticed that, I mean, that's what carried them. That's what put them over the hump to, to get that late lead. And it was a really good basketball game. And, and I really, really have to admire the tenacity of, of this team not to quit, you know, um, say what you want. I know people have certain opinions about the basketball program, but I will give credit where credit's due. These players do not quit. Um, and I was very pleased by the way they fought back and got this win. And um, hopefully this is the start of something great going into this weekend. Cause uh, once again, March madness, starts on on friday in little rock so uh very pleased with that and um you know i know coach marlin uh what is it 118 wins most yeah. sunbelt wins, most sunbelt wins uh, all time 
Congrats to him. Congratulations to Coach. Yeah, congratulations to Coach Marlin and his staff on that accomplishment. Now let's turn that into something even more special—a tournament berth. <laughs> yeah. I want to go dancing. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens this weekend, and um, hopefully, you know, catching momentum is is what it's all about. Getting hot at the right time, and hopefully, this is the start of something special where this team can get hot and then, uh, you know, take care of business this weekend. Seat ourselves well enough to take care of business in the tournament, and we'll be talking about that more next week, I'm sure. Yeah, I, absolutely. We'll definitely dive into that with a with a Sunbelt tournament preview for both the men's and women's programs next week. But, uh, and, you know, while we're on the subject of the women's, congrats to them. It was announced this morning they have officially clinched the West Division. Hey, all right. In, Great in the, job, in the ladies. Sunbelt. So congrats to them after after a, after a slow start. What is it, 11 straight wins that, they, that they've had? Yeah, yeah. 11 straight, um, sitting at 12 and 5. Um, I want to say they play... They play Little Rock this weekend here at the Cajun yeah, Dome. Yeah, it's Cajun Dome, correct. Um, yeah, and, Friday, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, so if you can, if you're in town and you're not at the baseball games, uh, definitely go check out the uh, Gary Broadhead and his girls basketball team as they look to better seed themselves for the Sun Belt Conference Tournament next weekend in Pensacola. Jerry, anything else before we uh, before we get out of here? Yeah, so I had the chance to uh, speak to someone with the uh, UL administration, the athletics department, uh, wanted me to relay a message to uh, Cajun Nation. Um, and it's pretty important because for those, this is, this is mainly a message for those who might not have been high enough in line for RCAF to get season tickets, whether it was baseball or softball. Uh, for those of you who are listening in who – you know, couldn't get season tickets for either one of those sports. Um, you can expect they are putting together a season ticket fan appreciation kit or a box. Uh, and it includes an autographed baseball by Matt Deggs. If you were, you couldn't get baseball tickets or an, uh, a softball by Jerry Glasgow. Um, if you weren't able to get softball tickets, uh, there's going to be a few other treats and goodies that you can enjoy with that package. Uh, and really the athletic department wanted us to let you know that it's really the ex- it's like extra line up to show that even though this year may be a little bit different with everything going on with COVID and, and just sort of the structure of how everything turned out, uh, you know, just because you couldn't get tickets doesn't mean that you've been forgotten. Uh, they wanted to show that you're still on their minds. They still love you. Uh, they still want you to, they still ask you to, to, to bear with, with them as, as uh, we get through these, these times. And so just a token of their appreciation, they will be sending out uh, that that uh, season ticket fan appreciation kit for those who couldn't get season tickets to either softball or baseball. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and, uh, you know, whether or not you can go to a game or not. To a lot of fans, I know there's a lot of people out there. I've, heck, I've spoken to a few who are looking, whether it's tickets for tonight's LSU game or tickets for softball. Uh, if you're a fan and you do have season tickets, and you can't give the tickets away. Let's say, or no, I'm sorry. If you can't go to the game, um, if you have tickets and you can't go to the game, there's you can always give them to a friend. You can always give them to somebody. Uh, there is you know, there is a group on Facebook, and it is titled Louisiana Raging Cajun Baseball Fans. Um, yeah, I, it, it, I would recommend putting them there. Uh, you know, every day this week there have been posts from people looking for tickets for you know all kinds of different games 
And also, sure. you know, it, it's called baseball fans, but I've seen multiple posts about softball tickets because there isn't a yeah. group on Facebook for softball. If you have softball tickets right. that you can't get rid of, you can't make the game for some reason, and you want to you want to give them to somebody, post about it in the group. Somebody will take them. Oh, no, no question. I've already you. gotten most people. I've gotten, most people will probably pay you for them. And, and that's the thing. I've gotten phone calls. I've gotten text messages myself. People are, you know, bought the game tonight against LSU um, at, at the Teague. And, you know, my, my tickets were being used. But if they weren't, um, there would be somebody that if I or if I couldn't go, somebody would be using those tickets. And that's not just for LSU. You know, you've got. We've got some great – we've got a great home schedule this year. I mean, you know, we've got LSU tonight. We've got Rice this weekend for three-game series. We've got TCU, Houston Baptist, Coastal. TCU. I mean, all of those teams are regional teams that we're hosting here this year, and I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially with the way we started the season, you know, that, that ticket demand is going to go up. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, like I was seeing on last – I was, I was looking on social media last night. There's a lot of people who don't have season tickets. They're watching the games from their patios. They're watching the games from their homes. They're watching the games on their phones. Um, people, regardless, even though the stadium wasn't at full capacity last night, there's a lot of people watching. And so those people that are watching elsewhere, if you can't go to the game, I'm sure one of those people who are watching elsewhere would love to be in your seat cheering on the Cajuns to victory, whether it's baseball or softball. So, you know, for those of you who can't, if you have, if you do have tickets and you can't go, somebody will use your ticket. I promise you. And, and, and for those, like I said earlier, uh, for those fans who can't go to the games this year or who aren't high enough in line to get season tickets, you can expect a, a season ticket appreciation packet or package or, or kit from, from the athletic department. Again, they still love you. It's just, it's the extra thought. Hey man, sorry, we couldn't, couldn't um, convenience you with season tickets, but we do want to show you still on our minds. And hopefully next year as, as the, uh, hopefully the numbers get a little bit better with COVID, uh, we won't have to worry about that. So, um, you know, time heals everything. And uh, hopefully we, the trajectory of, of the numbers get better and go up. And, um, of good stats, not bad stats, right? Right. Um, and 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 uh, come next year, we'll have a packed house at both Peak, Moore Field at Russo Park, as well as Yvette Girard Field at Lampton Park. So um, just wanted to let Cajun Nation know that. And um, we got a lot. Here's the good news. We had a lot of UL events this week, a lot of athletic events. 19. I mean, dude, I mean, and that's, 19. man, I can't tell you. I can't tell you in spite, like last night, it felt so good just to be at a baseball game. If you if you um, count the baseball and softball game that was played last night, there are nineteen raging yes. Cajun sporting events this week. Well, and it's not just being at the baseball stadium. Like I had just as much fun watching the two lane series on my couch. Yeah. Um, and then while watching the two lane series, watching softball or listening to softball or watching basketball or, or talking about what's going on with tennis or track and you know, it's it's nice to see in spite of everything because I guess after last year when the seasons just got canceled on the fly, you really it really hits you hard because as a sports fan because it's this is stuff you look forward to for such a long time. Like we as a Cajun nation, we love diamond sports, and you know the beauty of the diamond sports this year, you just had a, a year of football that 
I mean, made history. I mean, the, the, the top top 15 team in the nation. Then basketball, women's basketball is on their win streak. Men's basketball has positioned themselves to make a run at the conference title. Then you've got softball ranked number seventh in the country. Baseball's off to a three and one start. A lot of great things happening down on Reinhardt Drive, man. And, yeah. and and I just, in spite of maybe not being able to attend the game, we just ask Cajun Nation for their support. You know, just continue to support these teams, these student athletes, because you know we're we're not when you win. When the name debate comes in about, you know, certain teams, and we, we joked about it with Tulane fans over the weekend about ULL and Louisiana Lafayette, guess what? When you start winning, you become Louisiana. Not because of the way, and besides the fact that how we market it, but winning brings you that respect. You saw it in football. You know, the fans across the basin can say whatever they want, but ESPN doesn't care what they think. CBS Sports doesn't care what they think. Fox Sports doesn't care what they think. We're Louisiana. But in order to get that name, you got to earn the name. And so these athletes are earning that name every day. They're working hard for you, the Cajuns, Cajun Nation, and we got to stick by them and support them. And that's that's my two cents for you, Mr. Miguez. Yeah, and you know, uh, an- another thing that that I wanted to say about the tickets. If you like, like we said, if you can't make a game and you're looking to get rid of your tickets, and you just can't find anybody to take them, call us. Call Rage and Review. We will help you get those tickets in somebody's hands. Oh, yeah. Well, there's always somebody we'll find that, that'll we, be more than We will help you that. get those tickets to somebody. No question. 90% no question. of the time, I'll probably take them from you. <laughs> I mean... See, see, you you say you say call us. Just say, you know what? Just let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Well, I mean, yeah, basically. Give them me. <laughs> basically. Give them to me. I'll take them. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. But yeah, no, we, we will we will definitely play our part at Rage and Review to make sure that, you know, whether it's letting letting the message out on social media or just people we know, we know enough people that would love to use those tickets, whether it's softball or baseball. And yeah. we'll do what we can to make sure that we put some fans in the stands and cheer on, cheer on the Cajuns to victory. All right, Cajun Nation, you guys know the deal. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rage and Review. RageReviewPod.com. Uh, check it out. You can listen to the episodes there. You can get sponsorship information there as well. Uh, that and so much more at RageReviewPod.com. Next week, like I said, we'll be back. We'll recap the weekend and the week in both baseball and softball, and we will preview the Sun Belt Conference Tournament in Pensacola next weekend. For Jerry, I'm Matt. We'll see you guys soon. Go Cajuns.